2: Mike <laughs> loves to talk right up until the intro is done. Very big thank you to the Low T Center for helping us get out here. Also, shout out to Best Buy Windows and Siding for helping present this fantabulous coverage for you today. Yes, drunk Corey.
3: I'm not still drunk, but what? I'm not sober. Um, Does your head hurt? Little what? Bit. I took some leave. <laughs> I took some leave before we got rolling here this morning.
2: What's is that? Just hungover. That's the distance between not drunk but not sober. Uh,
3: no, because I'm still I'm still a little, a little shaky. Like the hangovers when you get the headache, you start feeling bad. Did you the drink anymore sweats. after? No, this? you didn't drink anymore. I actually you- I woke up this morning with my earbuds <laughs> in the bed somewhere. Okay, and uh, and I was listening to I guess uh, some form of uh, sleep music, like nap time music or something. So that that was going on. So. The, the, the thing that happened this morning, though, I don't know if you know, I was on with Sean and RJ and Bobby this yes, morning. I decided I to do radio and uh, and don't smell my breath. Um, I decided oh, to do some radio no. and Sean was trying to go to break. And in the middle of trying to go to break, I asked a question. He goes, you screwed up my tease. And then so we continued. Kevin. He about lost his mind. Oh I don't know God. how you deal with it so well when Mike and I do that. But Sean was like, how <laughs> can this happen right now? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't." I'm trying to do a sports show right now. And that's why they're number six and we're number
1: 12. Yeah, because we talk about our dreams. I had a dream about you last night, Kevin. Uh, You're what? in my dreams. Are you serious? Yeah. We were at like a baseball stadium. Uh. And we had these passes we had to <laughs> Turn like you know. Hey, you have to have your pass because a lot of here. If you don't have your media badge, look here's my media badge. Only the backside. I got, back I got, side.
2: I <laughs> got flagged back. by the Super
1: Bowl police yeah. yesterday. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin was flashing it the wrong way, and I'm flashing it the backwards way, which is the way they want us to flash. I do have a Plus, question. Do you ever? So, but he got he got so mad at all of these things. He eventually showed them, screamed at the person because we had to keep showing our dream. badges. In my dream took off the badges, and then threw them down on the ground and then sprinted to the right around the corner. <laughs> just and to the right. Like, yeah, and I was like, I don't think His right or yours? It was m- my right. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Like, around the corner. I was like, man, I don't think Kevin's, like, long for this. And then all the people we were with, like, professional athletes and stuff, were, like, really, like, what's wrong with that guy? And I was like, I think he's just having an off day. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, the other thing, too, do you ever
3: use baseball back in, like, whenever you were trying to, you know.
2: How is that a natural transition to what we were he just talking about? He was talking about being about. at a
3: baseball stadium, and I was oh just asking, because it doesn't work for me anymore. It used to work. I could think about baseball, and I was fine. Now, because the Rangers won the World Series, mm. it doesn't work. It's too exciting. Back to you, Kevin.
2: My God. we well, number 12. It is. <laughs> Well, that's too high. I thought I thought we were being sandbagged yet again, but you know what? That is way too Polos, high. do you
3: think that we're the number 12 show in your hearts? you let us know right now?
2: 877-881-1053, and hopefully we will not have to speak about that again, is here's what I wanted to start with. Or actually, you know what? We might need to start with something else entirely, because this is probably going to be a short segment. The questions and answers that will determine who... Wins the Super Bowl now, Mike. Yes, I want you to be prepared. I'm ready. There's something that might seem negative about Patrick Mahomes in this. Okay, all right. I need well, you. I need you to just know that going in.
1: Okay. Okay. That's fine. A lot of people said negative things about Jesus too. <laughs> oh my I Actually,
3: killed. Did him you just for it. compare
2: <laughs> Patrick Mahomes to
1: Jesus? Well, look. If we're saying like, can you believe they said something negative about Patrick Mahomes? Uh-huh. Well, there are enough people that said, hey, go kill that guy. But they he didn't even commit a sin. <laughs> OK, are you drunk, too?
3: No, no he's just Mike, bro. Yeah,
1: man. that's a good point. That is a very good point. Who are, why, we're here for a number one
2: air and Best Buy window is inciting <laughs> yeah. and low. So tea. thanks. If All right. I wouldn't
1: be here without them.
2: Now, this is going to sound like a weird question. Will Patrick Mahomes raise his game in the Super Bowl? All right. Now, hear me out, because. In this case, he's just a victim of how otherwise amazing he is, right? And I realize he has a pair of Super Bowl MVPs, so this might sound weird. But the Super Bowl has been the least productive of his playoff rounds. So, for example, in the first three rounds of the playoffs, his completion percentage is 69%. Nice. In the Super Bowl, it's 62%. That's the biggest decrease of any quarterback who's been to the Super Bowl this much. So I realize that's not a massive group, right. but that's the biggest drop. I, he,
1: I wonder real quick, if you broke it down by game, and I'm not telling you to do it, when he had two healthy offensive linemen And he was Tampa. throwing
2: on the ground and yeah. sideways. Cool looking through. And see, I thought that contributed more to the other number, that his yards per attempt decreased from eight to 6.3 because even if you factor in the offensive line game that is a hefty drop I'm sure he was throwing the ball like three yards because right. the pressure was in his face but it's interesting that his numbers are lower than his usual excellence in the playoffs There's I
1: hear you I totally understand and I just think that at times when we think about the Cincinnati game the Buffalo game some of those games were just huge shootouts now last year was kind of a shootout in the Super Bowl too that's but true but I just look at some of his playoff games where it ends up being the score gets in the high 30s or, or low 40s, and that's maybe a little bit tougher to do in the Super Bowl.
3: Well, the other part of it, too, is you're playing the best team. Like, you're playing the best opponent. You have to be a little more cautious with your, with your approach, whereas going downfield might not be the best thing whenever you're trying to win this one individual game. And that opponent has every two weeks – to focus strictly on stopping you. You just
2: brought up a really interesting point about being cautious. Mike, again, this is going to, he has a high standard, right? But he needs to be careful not turning the ball over because in his three Super Bowls, he's thrown four interceptions. In his other 14 playoff games combined, he's thrown three. And he's the first quarterback in history now to go six straight playoff starts without an interception. So if he stays turnover free, they win this game.
1: I'm with you on that. Now, I would say as a team, because obviously you throw a completed pass and so the guy fumbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Fair. I think that I think whoever wins the turnover battle has a great chance to win this game. Because I, I don't you, know if either one can overcome losing the turnover
2: battle. I oddly think I'm going to be very specific about this. I oddly think of Mahomes. Specifically, Mahomes does not turn the ball over. I think they win this game. Okay. I realize that does not account for Pacheco or exactly, something. Exactly, I, I say that. I think the
3: Niners can overcome a turnover deficit. They, I think they have Easier enough than talent. The yeah, like Mahomes has to. He has to compensate for lack of talent. Uh, you know, aside from Travis, he's growing. Rashi Rice right now, like he has to compensate for that. And I think the talent level, the the playmakers big time playmakers like uh, McCaffrey, McCaffrey can bust loose for 45 IU, yeah. all those guys can bust loose for big time gains and so i think they can over they can overcome a turnover deficit but i mean for mahomes i think that's going to be a big factor is making sure they stay the course and let his de- still be smart enough to let a good defense do what it's done this year for him and that's win games
2: so yeah that that's what i just wanted to throw out there because i don't i don't think it's negative about mahomes it just shows that yeah. he hasn't been as mahomes In the Super Bowl, if that and he had the
1: first three quarters against San Francisco in 2019, he was not good. And then the fourth quarter, he went to oh my gosh, this is the Patrick Mahomes who just won the MVP. So maybe
2: the overall stat line doesn't look as impressive, but you're like, no, I saw the game. That's what got them the win. Yeah,
1: so I totally get it, though. That probably, I don't know. I'm not going to say the first time, but. They are an underdog. It's only by one and a half, I believe, right now. I think so, yeah. I I look at San Francisco definitely has the better team. Maybe that's the – maybe more of the Super Bowls, you know, Tampa had probably the better team at that point because of injuries to the offensive line. Uh, But as a little bit of an underdog team, you do have to win the turnover battle.
2: Now, I feel like this person has put this list together or this scale together just to infuriate me, but it also includes a compliment. Y'all are number zero on my list of sports radio shows, which is on a scale of 10 to 1 and is better than 1. So I appreciate the compliment. Thanks. The maddening way in which we got there. Well, you just admitted yesterday that zero is a number. That's so true. like that was the first time. Ten you, I think, isn't
3: a number. Ten is not. Ten is shame, two numbers. But zero is a number. So I think they, they were just listening yesterday, and they added that to the conversation. Fair, I appreciate that. fair,
2: fair. Will Kyle Shanahan... Blow a lead. So you go back to obviously, I'm serious, <laughs> the famous Atlanta yeah. Super Bowl, but also you were just referencing that last Super Bowl. They were up 20 to 10 going into our, is about going yeah, in oh, the fourth almost quarter. into the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter of those two defeats alone, the teams combined, Shanahan's teams combined for zero points, 39% completion percentage. Four point three yards per play, and on third down they were zero for six, and that was really apparent in that Atlanta game when all you needed to do was string a drive along, like get a first down, get a first down, you're going to win. But you saw it in the last Super Bowl, you saw it in his other Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan now has a track record of coughing it up okay. late in the game. Okay, I mean, I think that's a good
1: good thing. Like, or- as in, that's a. A thing that I didn't know yeah. or, or you forget about. Obviously, you think of Atlanta, and then uh, as I'm, I'm going to take this as, as this is right. Win bag four here on Twitch said there was approximately seven minutes left in the game when it was 20 to 10. Now, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking their word for it there.
3: the uh, You know, I, I wonder if he's learned from that. You know, I, I wonder if he's if and if he has another approach to having a lead. Uh, because it does seem like he's like, no, man, I'm just going to keep throwing the ball instead of trying to leak this one away Uh, because my court, you know, when he did that with Atlanta, his quarterback's Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan was having an MVP season. Why wouldn't I put the ball in his hands? I talked about this with Baker Mayfield against Georgia for OU. Why did you hand the ball off on the goal line instead of letting Baker Mayfield, who was doing whatever he wanted most of the game, do his thing so a lot of these times you're like hey i'm gonna trust my guy because he's the one that got us here but when it comes to leaking a game or letting a game play out and running out the clock maybe that's the approach they need to do and they have the running backs to do it
2: and i know it's interesting because this is the exact opposite way san francisco made it to the super bowl because they had their own big time comeback but just something to watch you get mid late in the third quarter and you think you know the direction this game is going it might not end up being that way. By the way, I want to really thank everybody on the truckwreck.com text line this morning. There was a lot of really nice things. Corey, people said they're number one in their heart. Good. Because sometimes I do see outside rankings and other stuff, and they really piss me off. We're so. the Jonah
1: Heim of radio. Yeah. We
2: were we not even considered. We can we get gold retired. gloves and wow. all-star
1: games and win the World Series but it's like we're not even doing our show. Hey, like I
3: said this morning whenever I was on with Sean and RJ and Bobby. I'm not doing this show for the nation. I'm doing this show <laughs> for the Tolos. Oh, you know? that's right. For like Gavin. No, no, the no, t- no <laughs> not like the, the country. <laughs> the G, Yeah, I'm not like not for the country. I'm doing it for the Tolos that listen and that are with us all the time.
1: Hey, a pretty, like, good safety just walked in the building. Darren Woodson just walked in.
2: Okay, well. He's just
1: pretty good, hey, though. Hey, he's coming
2: over to us right now, national champion, Sirius XM host, and the man holding it down for the Super Bowl for CBS Sports' Danny Cannell Next, right here on The Fan. k Masterpiece back here on through The Fan. We are live at Radio Row in Las Vegas. And right now, we bring to you former national champion, serious XM host, and father of potential volleyball superstar. It is Danny Cannell. Good morning, sir.
5: What is up, fellas? I don't even know if I want to tell you this, because I am very superstitious, and I'm sure you can appreciate this as well, being a former major leaguer. I'm only a little suspicious. <laughs> hmm. That's right. I, uh, I'm actually up. In Las Vegas. I've been here since Sunday. Yes. So I think okay. I need to shut it down. Yes. But I also feel like I'm telling a pitcher he's throwing a no-hitter like in the middle of it because I got a long week ahead of me. I'm here till Monday after the game. We Ooh. shouldn't be so. talking to you then if yeah. that's the case. Then. <laughs> right? yeah. What's you your game of choice? Blackjack. Okay. I like, yes. I, if I have some buddies that are there, I'll go throw some dice. I'll go play craps. Yeah. Uh, but I am a blackjack guy. I like to go solo, mano-a-mano against the deal. So you don't have to worry about any of the riffraff. Yep. Somebody coming up there that's scared to hit on a sixteen and, you know, the dealer's got a face card showing or somebody who's splitting, you know, kings. I, I, just, I don't want to see any of that. So I like to try to go mono a mono, although I did find a good running mate last night. A guy came up, was very polite, respectful, said, hey, do you mind if I join, which is great etiquette at yeah. the table? Yep. And I said, sure, hop in here. And he was the exact same mindset, played by the book, had good vibes. So I really think, so it's a, you guys are going to kick out of this. My wife is here. So I actually gave her a stash of cash, and I was like, she's leaving today. So I was oh, like, okay. take this home. I was so like, and the, just give uh, it to me when so, I get home. Yeah, but now I got to, I got to make sure I don't revisit the ATM. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, I got, I have certain money that I just have to make sure it's allotted for the rest of the week, and I'll be good. Plus, they charge eleven dollars fee for the ATM, so that oh, feels yeah. like just on principle, you
2: need to skip <laughs> exactly. the ATM,
5: right? Exactly. But the way I justified, it, I'm like, ah, it's another hand. You know, "Ah, just give me the money and I'll just blow it at the table anyway. What's your betting strategy? Do you have are you I go pretty much by the book. And then as soon as I get up, I get aggressive. Okay. And and as soon as I get down, I dial it back. And I like to play two hands. The philosophy, if you win one, you lose one, you kind of break even. So but then if you get in a down streak, it can get Mm. ugly pretty quick. But then I'll dial it back and play one, you know, and I actually last night for the first time, I didn't know you could do this. Again, my buddy a little more experienced than me. My new friend, my new bestie, <laughs> he's, he asked for a reshuffle. Yes. Which I didn't know you could do. Yes. All over the pit boss. and he's, He had all kind of, like, high roller status. And they were like, wow. sure, whatever you need. So we reshuffled. And guess what? The next shoe was back on. So it felt great. Now that I know that. they He probably, knew where they were in the deck. Yeah, exactly. I, I understand that. Exactly. I absolutely. Should
3: the Cowboys trade everything to go get Caleb Williams?
2: Is That's the, what we really want. Oh, really? Do. I'm, just, right. <laughs> I'm
5: like, all right, let's go. We're going we'll there. We'll settle for Braden Fiskey.
2: <laughs> there we yeah, go. Yeah. Now we're
5: talking. Get you a Florida State defensive tackle. My man is crushing it. And I love his energy. I love his vibe. I don't know if you guys saw it. I did tweet it out. Uh, Charles Davis was on the broadcast. MVP? And they, yeah. He yeah. said he thought he was the MVP of the game. He runs with a high motor. Uh, he gets after it. He can be a disruptor up front. And it is one of the – I mean, clearly it's an underappreciated position. But if you have one, I mean, look at Chris Jones for the Chiefs. Sure, The job he he's done. And I'm not saying that Braden Fisk will be that type of player. But for, for a quarterback, there's, you know, there's interior pressure which impacts you more than – outside pressure because if the edge rushers are coming you're taught to step up and the tackles are taught to push them outside you know push them outside they can even beat the tackle you're going to step up right past that brush well guess what if that if that nose tackle or defensive tackle that one or three technique or head up if he beats his guy you gotta know where to go exactly you step up and he's right in your lap but you got nowhere to go. It's the worst. I know
2: it's early, but what kind of projections are we seeing on this fella? Because we've been burned maybe last yeah, year right. by taking a defensive lineman in right. the first round. And yeah. It, it hurts. I think he might
5: be a second rounder. Okay. That's what I kind of heard going in. Now, he did have a great uh, yeah. senior bowl week. And if he continues to crush at the combine, I could see him. But if he's a second round value, I think that's an outstanding value for a player like him.
1: So, Danny Cannell joining us right now. And your quarterback kind of eye. I watched Patrick Mahomes play a lot at Texas Tech, being in Texas, and I never thought he was going to be the next great quarterback. In fact, in 2017, when we interviewed him at the Super Bowl in Houston as he's entering the draft and Lee Steinberg is bringing him around everywhere, Lee Steinberg is telling everybody, I'm telling you he's going to go in the first round because a lot of people thought he's a late second, mid-third round pick, and he ends up going pretty darn
2: high. He told me, I guarantee you he'll go in the first part of the the first half of the first round, I said, Good luck with that. And then the next time he came on, I was like, hey, sorry about that. He
5: he had Andy Reid on speed dial, obviously. He kind of knew what they were looking for. So
1: when I watched him, here's what I was worried about. Mike Leach's system, whether it was Cliff Kingsbury on to Patrick Mahomes, whether you go to Oklahoma quarterbacks at the time under Bob Stoops, and that kept continuing after Stoops retired. I just thought, I just don't know. All these quarterbacks that come from these systems put up 45 to 55 points a game, but they don't seem to carry that into the NFL. Why is Patrick Mahomes different, or did you see him being different than all of those kind of OU Texas
5: Tech quarterbacks? I would love to sit here and tell you <laughs> that I saw it. Yeah, and I was I right. I was, and yeah, I, I was said, man, this is the steal of the draft. When they took him, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I, And like you were, the valuation was pretty similar. Did have like a cannon for an arm, and it was this rubber arm that just kind of looked so effortless. But at the same time, it was like mechanically wasn't great. Like he's taking drops that are a little sloppy. Oh uh, shortstop. You know, yeah. yeah, he's throwing sidearm like things that you don't really see traditionally and that at a combine atmosphere you might say, Man, that's a detriment. That's not something you look for in a quarterback. But you gotta give credit to Andy Reid for embracing it. And really and for you know, for one recognizing the talent, then for having the balls to go ahead and trade Alex Smith away who got them to the playoffs yep. and take a massive risk and go, We see this kid can be special. And to see what he was, and it's – because I do think a lot of – like, I remember going back and getting graded. You get graded on film, and coaches would grade your footwork was a part of the grade, like in 100. Like, I remember getting ticked off because my seven-step drop would be either too short or it would be a little sloppy and I'd go six and a half. Patrick Mahomes never does a perfect drop. You know, like, it's always sloppy. Sometimes he has not. Yeah. And I don't think Andy Reid cares. You know, he's like, I don't care what it looks like to get – as long as he's at the point where he needs to be and he's reading the offense out and going to the right receiver, who cares what it looks like? Uh, you know, quarterbacks might try, or a coach might try to fix your throwing motion. Let's make sure you're over the top and you're not going sidearm. Andy Reid, who cares what it looks like? Does it end up getting to where it needs to be? And he's done that. And he flourished in this system and he's built a system around him. And it's probably the best pairing we've seen between coach and quarterback since Brady and Belichick. Do you think that's what leads to a lot of these draft steals is people. Who they're very
2: talented and they're just football players, as the coach would say, but they don't fit the fundamental boxes of what you look at in the combine or the, you know, leading into the draft.
5: I think the, like the hidden, the Brock Purdy's, the Tom Brady's, I think it's the toughest projection, like in all of sports, to try to figure out who's going to be great and who's going to be, you know, a bust or not. Yeah. Like, and we see, Still, to this day, with all the analytics, with all the film study, with all the workouts, it's still a 50-50% hit rate on what you're going to get. Last year, Bryce Young, I thought he was going to be good. I liked C.J. Stroud, but I, I said Bryce Young's the better quarterback. He's got better film, and he did, coming out of college. And all of a sudden, and a lot of it has to do with surroundings, yep, who your sure. coach is, yes. who your talent is around you. But, I mean, go back over the course of history, whether it's Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, you know, you go down the list. It really is a coin flip because no one can really tell. There's no formula. Hey, you have to do this, this, and this, or you have to check this box, this box, and this box. You never know what you're going to get from a quarterback. I mean, right now, the Cowboys have a quarterback that was taken high and just cast away for very little because right. they are like, whoops, we missed on that. Right, exactly, which doesn't get talked about enough because you got Brock Purdy doing what he's doing, yeah. but they didn't think he was the guy. You yeah. know? say Very similar to what happened in uh, Washington when uh, Shanahan took... Robert Griffin III, and Kirk Cousins as a second quarterback in the fourth round, I think. It was like, why are you guys taking two quarterbacks? And and one was the owner, one was the coach. And then the one that wasn't projected to be anything except probably a backup for his career ends up having an incredible career. So when we talk
1: about Dak Prescott, the frustrating thing is he crushes the average to below average teams. I mean, his numbers are tremendous. And then he becomes an MVP candidate. And then in the playoffs, every time we get to the playoffs, I say we, we're not playing, but he throws for under 90 yards at halftime. There's always at least one turnover, and you're down by multiple scores. Then sometimes his game does pick up, and at the end, it looks like a good game on a piece of paper, You know, Jordan said, "Michael Jordan. Some guys can, and some guys can't." We're getting to the point. I'm to this point where I'm like, "He just can't." It's it's there's a little bit of fear of failure. I don't know him at all. He's a great, from what we understand, he's a great person. But something happens in the do or die situations against the good teams where he plays at his worst for some reason instead of at his best. So, what would you say to that?
5: I agree. (laughs) You know, like I I thought you had a fix. I know, right? (laughs) No, I love Dak. I you know, and I've gotten to interview him. I think his players love him. I think he's everything you want in a franchise quarterback. I think he's done it in big moments before in the regular season. He's been close. And, like, one of the fascinating evaluations is, you know, wins and losses aren't a stat. They're not supposed to be. But the perception of you as a quarterback can be changed dramatically just from a win or a loss. Because I thought he played great in Philly last year. And they come up just short, and he goes, and he steps out of bounds right at the end. And mm-hmm. there was yeah. the play where you had, didn't have the guy check in. Like, those two plays go the other way. He wins on the road. It's like, hey, you can win the big game. But because he didn't, it's like, oh, or you need it in the playoffs. I do think, like you, it, like, is there something that just rattles him? Does he not? Because some players rise to the occasion. They love the moment. They, when the lights come on, they shine the brightest. And that's what separates the greats from the just goods. And right now, Dak has been just good. And he needs to step it up. But I do think, like, this year coming up is the is the do-or-die year. You know, you because I, I, I don't think they move off him now. I don't think you should. I think you figure out a way to keep him around and you try to build around him and you put him in a position and you hope he has that one breakthrough moment that took a lot of guys to get there. Peyton Manning took a long time. He was a great regular season quarterback for a long time. Then he gets a Super Bowl, and it totally changes his perception. Are these the kind
2: of insightful takes that I can find on Stunt? Tell yes, me about it. it
5: absolutely is. Uh, it's also a place where you don't have to put up with the BS. I'm sure you guys deal with this too. I'll have but, a take on a yeah. quarterback and i'll, I'll like, oh well, you, you know i'll get called a racist i'll get called a maga i'll get called a oh, raging wow. liberal i'll get called everything and all, oh, of, wow. sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden all sudden like yeah exactly same exact like thread <laughs> and i'm getting called these two different things based on a sports yeah. take I'm like where did these come from half of them are bots, half of them are trolls. I just want to debate sports. Yeah. That's what Stunk gives you. It separates everything. It brings sports fans together. If you're looking to try to make a voice for yourself, you can go on there. You can create a podcast, you can get try to go viral videos with your sports takes, and it is what we all want as sports fans. Let's just talk sports. There's also HQ trivia style where you can go out there twice a week. They have trivia contests where you can win 500 bucks. It kind of loops around. That if no one wins, it adds up. The pot gets bigger. Ooh. So it's a great place to kind of weed out all the junk and just talk sports. And it's thestunt.com is where people can go if they want to get it fired yep, and up. Yep, in the app store. It's in app stores as well. Stunt's got a little flame in the middle of it for the you. It's a piece of cake to sign up. It's awesome. Excellent. Thank you very much. You got sir. it, man. great catching up you guys. Stuff, man. He
2: couldn't solve our DAC problem, but he gave us a lot of <laughs> no, other good can. information. <laughs> Danny Cannell right here on 105.3 The Fan. Now, we're going to do baseball nuggets in just a little bit. But in the meantime, Alec, if you can give me some of that good Mavericks happenings from last night because it was a nice evening. I read. Where he hit the shot a moment ago. Now moves over to the wing. Yes, sir! Kai hits the bullseye again! Now, the Mavericks win. This is interesting. 119-107. to In a game that I'm going to say was not that close. Except for the time when it felt really close. And like all of a sudden Brooklyn was going to make a crazy comeback. It felt like the Mavs had control of this most of the way. And then there was just a tiny part where I was like... Oh, crap. But for the most part, a pretty controlling effort.
1: I think, you know, when we talk about the Mavericks defense, that's where you know things can collapse. And if you go down and shoot five threes in a row and miss all five, a team can go on a 12-0 run in under two minutes. Yes. And so you know that sometimes leads aren't very safe. I know in most of NBA cities, but we've seen our team. Struggle with that. Just recently, Milwaukee. I didn't know Milwaukee was 1-4 since Doc Rivers took yes. over. And their one win was against the Mavs. And totally get it. Kyrie wasn't playing. Derek Lively wasn't playing. I mean, you were hamstrung tremendously in that game that you blew a 25-point lead. Uh, it was early in the game. But I, I did really like watching, once again, Kyrie and Luca together on the team. Because I said yesterday, I think in the playoffs, those two guys could maybe get you 80 a game. Yes. It's just... You're, you're, The rest of the team, we're just asking you to score 40, but we need p- to play good enough defense to hold the team under 120, and that's the big question for this team. Obviously, the trade deadline is tomorrow, correct? Yes. So if they don't do anything, this is going to be your team, somewhat an all-offensive team, very weak rebounder and, and defensive team. But last night was a really fun it's a fun way to watch. Stan Van Gundy is like, man, the Mavericks are fun to watch. So I don't want to take that away from them, no, Corey, because blast. they play up-tempo. They let the other team do whatever they want offensively, and then they push the ball now some. Yeah. And then you get to watch Luca and Kyrie go, go to work, which is really fun. So if you're just watching from an entertainment standpoint and don't care at all about results, they do play some fun basketball.
3: I do I, I do like that. And I know Luca's trying to push, push it more, and he's doing it. You know, moderately successfully. I, it's uh, better than last year. Yes, I it, agree. it's a lot more fun, as Mike was just saying. But I do like that boat that you have two guys that can run two different games, and and Kyrie's game can be free flow and move and everything. And at some point in playoffs, there should be a, po- a time where Luka's going to say, "Time to stop it down. We're gonna we're gonna work the half court." And that's possible. That can't happen again, and they can dominate there. But Mike's right, man. The defensive side of it is going to have to be something that. They find somewhere because they don't have it now. Right.
2: The Mavericks are now fourteen and ten this year when Kyrie and Luca play together. And it was interesting. We were talking about the rebounding. I, I, I've just taken it for granted that if Lively's not playing, you're probably not winning the rebound battle. Right. You did just by a hair last night because Luca had eighteen rebounds. This was an amazing number to me. He was he wasn't even supposed to play last night at some point. It <laughs> looks very, yeah you got fans <laughs> of the opera Luca yeah. is. He has three games this year of 15 rebounds or more. Every other guard in the league combined have two. And so, like, that's a great skill set. Unfortunately, I think the Mavericks' issue is they run into that not as a bonus skill set, but as a necessary skill set too often.
1: I thought which was interesting, I was watching the pregame show on TNT, and they played the quote from Jason Kidd, who pretty much said...
2: They destroyed that quote.
1: Yes, who... He says, Look, Luca's better than Dirk. I've told everybody I can tell in this organization this and that. And they obviously, I think they made great points. There is a point where Luca is better. Luca is more talented than Dirk Nowitzki at definitely 24 than Dirk was at 24. But the team success, the wins, the being a championship contender isn't happening. And, you know, part of that is a little bit of it is Luca. Needing to take the regular season, what I would say, is a little bit more seriously in wins and losses. But that's just the NBA we're in today. Uh, But the other part is he also doesn't have Steve Nash. He doesn't have Michael Finley. He doesn't have early Mark Cuban with Don Nelson, right? Don Nelson knew how to make trades in the league. So he didn't get – I'm talking early. Nick Van Exel, Rafe LaFrenge, right? Like Juwan Howard at first. like. They were they were working so hard to put a team around at the time, I would say, the three main guys. And then it transferred to Dirk. But they were crushing just kind of Luca on like, where are the wins? If he's this much Crush better it. than Dirk, why isn't he winning? Why are they the eight seed?
2: Man, and I don't know if we talk about this later. Shaq took it a step further and he was like, I've seen a lot of good players for a couple of years. We'll see. And, like, he's, he's going to continue so, to be a yeah, great player. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not
3: going to change. He's going to continue to be a great player. But at some point, yeah. like Mike's saying, the rest of the team has to be there. And they have to have the mentality of, like, that team back then, they knew they had Dirk. They, they, they were like, we're going to win tonight because we have Dirk. Yeah, And this, the guys around Luka at some point have to realize and know, dude, we can win the night because we have Luka.
2: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, live on Radio Row brought to you by- in Las Vegas, brought to you by Low-T Center. Although we also want to say thank you so much to Best Buy, Windows and Siding, and, of course, for Danny Cannell for jumping on the A-number-one air hot seat. Thank you very much to that. Coming up next, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bass. Corey, yes. we are 50
1: days away from opening day. Let's in 50 go. days...
4: Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Now with the
4: MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
3: Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
2: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We are live on Radio Row in Las Vegas. But don't worry, we're still going to give you the flavor at home because it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassett. Baseball Nuggets
1: brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, and scenic views. And we wouldn't be here without our parents because they made us. But we're in Las Vegas because of who?
2: A number one air. And Best Buy, Windows, and Siding. And humongous thank you to our presenting sponsor, the Low T Center. We
1: are 50 days away from the Rangers defending their title, from the Rangers getting their World Series ring. In your face, Radio Row, we have a championship, and you probably don't.
2: Ah-ha. And one week away from pitchers and catchers reporting, yeah. I do believe. Yeah.
1: So MLB.com is now on their top 100 right now list. So we've done the top 10 at each position, which gives you an idea if these guys are going to make the top 100. Most likely, just to give you an idea, looking at where the Contreras brothers are, William and Wilson, the catchers. They're number 81 and 82. I believe they were the fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh best catchers on the top 10 right now. Jonah Heim's not going to make the the top 100. So sometimes these things will give you an idea on when you saw a top 10 at their position and they make the list and your guy was behind them. You're like, well, Jonah Heim's not going to make the top 100 right now. I do think that's wrong. Like, I don't know why Jonah's getting so much, like not enough love for what he did. I can understand Josh Young. When I do look at his overall numbers for the whole season and the other third baseman, at least that person doing the list can make a case that Josh just missed out, but I don't get that. But let me go to this. Top 100 right now. 100 through 80 have been revealed. This is really good in a way. Nathaniel Lowe is number 98. He makes the list. He did make the list. All right. Last year, he was number 70. So he did fall on the list, but he's still in the top 100 right now. And remember this, guys. When I joined y'all's show somewhat early on joining you, after the COVID year, 2020, I remember doing this, and I said, you need five people on this list to be a contender. Yeah. I was looking at the contenders in baseball, and I said, in the top 100 right now, if on average you should have three, right? If you just take 30 teams, 100 spots, give you an idea. right? They had, they had Joey Gallo, and he was, like, number in the 70s. Yeah. One player, no pitchers. Oh, goodness. It was, that's how bad it was. So when you looked at the list after the COVID year, you're going, we have one player considered a top 100 player in the league. One. And then the Rangers traded him, and it was a good decision. It was a tough decision, but it was a good decision. Uh, but you just thought to yourself, after you traded Joey Gallo, you literally had nobody. On your team, considered a top 100 player in baseball. And now when you look at this list, Nathaniel Lowe is number 98. I did look up last year. Adoles Garcia was 97 or 98. He'll go up. He'll go up on this list. And then Nathan Avaldi is number 91. He was not ranked last year in the top 100. So, Nate Avaldi, I'm sure he's been on the list before. Yeah. It doesn't give you the history of his top 100 right now, but... Not being on the list, getting him on a two-year contract, the way he pitched, he deserves to be on this list. I think you can argue, should he be a little bit higher, but Dylan Cease is number 92. Just to give you an idea on who we've talked about a lot in the offseason, Nathaniel Lowe just ahead of Dylan Cease.
3: You're going to have eight or nine on this list. Yes. Yes, that's that's the number I'm feeling like, this okay you're if Nathaniel Lowe's on there at, at that number. You're going to have eight or nine people.
2: And obviously Adolis, Seager, Simeon. Are I, all I have the, the
1: 2023 list pulled up. Yeah. Ooh. Now, I do want to give this. He's not a Texas Ranger. And let's be honest, what we're hearing, I would still lean towards. He's probably not going to be a Texas Ranger. Jordan Montgomery is number 90 on the list. He was not on the list. And I feel
3: like year.
2: he has definitely gone up. He
3: became for us like we love him because he helped us. Yeah. And we yeah. might have to look at him more realistically, right? Like because he was our guy, we probably elevated him to a status he See, doesn't deserve.
2: I I I guess I disagree with that. And then I know the Rangers might disagree with me. He will, he helped you win that World Series. In like, fact, he was fantastic. If you want
1: to know how the free agent market is going in numbers 100 through 81 which have been revealed, number 90, 89, And 85 are all free agents still. Wow. So spring training starts next week, and three guys right now on this list, J.D. Martinez, Matt Chapman, and Jordan Montgomery are still free agents. Obviously, Blake Snell's going to be way higher. Now, let me click on my other tab here because you just talked about they're going to have so many guys on this list. So many. Last year, this is going to be interesting for me, Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom. You don't put him on
2: there. I, I don't think he makes it.
1: Last year was I'm um, I'm looking this up because Max Scherzer was high on the list. Yeah, I just saw Max Scherzer yeah.
3: on there. I was like, damn, that was really high. Jacob
1: Degrom was number twenty eight, and the year before in two thousand twenty two, he was number seven. So, do you think he goes from seven to twenty eight to off the list? Because yes. I'm kind of with you. I do, um, but I'm just wondering if but you have a guy ranked that healthy. high, would you still say well? If he pitches, he's definitely a top 100 guy. No,
2: I, I do agree with that, but he missed the vast majority of the season and he's going to miss the majority of this season. I don't think you can put him on the list. Yeah, put him put him
3: in a just not available not available. At going the
1: into last year, Max Scherzer was number 15 on top then 100 he'll stay right on now. the list. He was number 12 the year before, but I wanted to talk about the positivity of this. If they become healthy. Mm-hmm. Like you do have Just when they were going into last year, this time last year, Major League Baseball, MLB.com, ranked Max Scherzer, the 15th best player in all of baseball, and Jacob DeGrom, the 28th best player in all of baseball. And we're hoping that they come back in the second half. I know that's a little bit of... A long shot that they come back in there as as good as they were in 2022. Let's but now say. you got
2: Evaldi busting into the top yep. 100. We'll see what Malley can give us. Here's
1: a guy who's going to go way up on the list. Corey Seager was 33 last year.
2: Okay, I think he's going to be in the top, top 10. ten.
3: Yeah, he should be a top. So 10 I at this think point. now the year
1: before in 22 he was number 21. When I go a little bit further down the list, he you do get
3: hitter too, man.
1: You do get. Um, Second baseman, Marcus Simeon, this is a little bit tough. He's number 46. He was number 20 the year before. So when you signed him, he was number 20. He didn't have the best first year, yeah. just like Corey Seager. But I think Marcus Simeon being third in MVP voting could break back into the top 20. I think it's going to be right around that 20 to
2: 25. Yeah, 20. Yeah. Corey Seager is a top 10 player in the game yes, at this moment. Yes, yes, he is.
1: So when you keep looking at this, as I scroll down a little bit further, you start thinking to yourself, Wait a second. Obviously I talked about Nate Lowe. He was number 70. The Rangers have a team. I know they're not the best team in the world right now on the hell paper.
3: They're not. They won the World Series. Nobody's nobody can beat On them. paper
1: going into 24, you look at LA and what they did in the offseason, you look at Atlanta, you look at Baltimore and you can say on paper they probably will have guys if you add up all the numbers. I'll do this after it It's going to be a couple weeks. So, like, the end of next week, they'll have the top 100 revealed. I'm going to do kind of an addition number where I just take what number they are and see, like, hey, do we have a better roster up top in the top 100 right now? So I'm going to say if you are number one, which who do you think number one will be? Shohei Shohei was last year. Do you think he'll still be Shohei? I I give him 100 points. Yeah. He's number one, so I give him a hundred points, gotcha. and then ninety nine would be player number two. So Nate Lowe's only going to get you two or three points, but he does get you points. But
3: he's but the thing about Shohei right now is he's he can't pitch next year. True. So like that's the the factor that puts him at one because nobody yeah, else yeah. does that. So I do feel like he slides a little bit, like maybe maybe top three. Well, and plus what I love about
2: this is Carter and Lankford aren't going to be on this list. One would assume, but at some but point they will. If. They play anywhere near as well as we think. What a nice bonus that is! Just to
1: give you an idea, number one hundred on this list was Ellie De La Cruz. (laughs) So they did put him. That's one of those things where they're almost like, I don't think he's top one hundred right now, but they see that he could be a big time player this year. So they're like, let's get him on this list.